OTB GAA. And all of a sudden, you know, Kerry are totally up. They never, ever got a chance to build again after they got a score. And that was down to Cluxon and the movement outside. Subscribe to the OTB GAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. Wednesday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone Ireland's most reliable mobile network and proud sponsor of the Irish rugby team Now very happy to say Rory O'Connor of the Irish Independent back in studio on Wednesday Night Rugby Hello here we are again Evening Joe It's never really stopped for you uh, I, Genuinely this was the least off season off season yeah. ever with the Sexton saga with the 20s going to the World Cup final um, it does feel like a 12 month season and you know the World Cup is you know it's such a it, World Cup years are always strange but it, yeah rugby never really went away this summer yeah I know Fiona you were working on the 20s as well on the TV so you kind of had your head in it as well Fiona Hayes you're very welcome good to see you Joe yeah it was flat out with the 20s uh, what a joy to commentate on and watch they were absolutely outstanding probably came up short at the end but just I, I just thought they were brilliant and it just shows what future we have ahead of us in Irish rugby yeah who, for people who didn't get to see much of it, Fiona, who stood up and, and grabbed your attention without heaping pressure on young fellas? <laughs> yeah, you're putting a lot of... We talked a lot about Prendergast, um, oh. I suppose, before the tournament. But look, I, I, I really felt, Joe, I thought, you know, the first game, there was, I saw a little bit of pressure on his shoulders, but what he done after that was absolutely outstanding. Probably can work a lot and he's kicking, but I just thought how we played on and off the game line, control the games, the back row were were exceptional. Brian Gleeson was someone who really impressed me coming back from injury and to just go back into the squad and really take um, ownership over the squad. So, you know, they 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 obviously at the end probably weren't too happy with with how they fared, but but I was just I was I was amazed watching them and especially, you know, Gus McCarthy, Paddy McCarthy the front row or another guy there's a, a lot of guys I think we might see getting URC game time um, next year because they really look like they were able to play at that high level ability and looked fit and and as I said physical when it came down to it Okay Who gets the Rory O'Connor stamp of approval? I mean I do think this the throughput from this team will be very high I think a lot of them will play professional rugby and a good number will play for Ireland I think Paddy McCarthy's outstanding uh, I think Brian Gleeson's outstanding. I think Sam Sam Prendergast is, is the one that everyone's talking about. But there are other players in that group, and and Gus McCarthy. I was over for the final and got to see him at first hand. How he handled that defeat and how he handled the media afterwards, and a very impressive young man. And and the word behind the scenes about his leadership during a very you know turbulent couple of weeks for a group of young men was that he he was very skilled in that department, and that sets him up in good stead. It's obviously very hard to make it as a hooker in Leinster at the moment, and. A lot of them may have to find different paths, and and I and I think the warning thing with the twenties is like Max Deegan was World Player of the Year in twenty sixteen, but actually, it's James Ryan, Jacob Stockdale, mm. Andrew Porter, and Hugo Keenan from that team who've gone on to even though Deegan's had a good career, but he's played for Ireland. But the rest of them are, are the kind of established names, so we never quite know at this stage who's going to make it. But I think we can be pretty confident that a lot of that, a lot of the players in that Ireland France final will play a lot of professional games and the France team were outstanding as well okay. so France are going nowhere yeah yeah well the uh, just on yeah. that as well Rory I thought you know Ronan Fox coming in mm. at tight heads like I mean tight heads aren't easy to find you know I know we're seeing a lot more um, physical and big ball carriers now and the game has evolved but I just thought once he settled himself in after that first game obviously he he came on board and he was he anchored that scrum throughout the, the whole tournament I thought he was brilliant as well Great. Well, the conveyor belt continues. So that's tomorrow. Let's focus on today. Ireland, Italy is the eight o'clock kickoff on Saturday and then they will go to Portugal for a week. 
which I have to say, as I look out my window every day for the last <laughs> what feels like 200 years, sounds like a nice way to spend a week. So they'll go to Portugal for a week and then they'll come back and play England in Dublin and then they'll go to Biarritz for a week and they will play Samoa in Bayonne. Hmm. Can't believe we're going back to Bayonne for a World Cup. I mean, you wonder sometimes if anyone, if like if the World Cup review is ever looked at again, you know, it's it's uh, it does sound like they're learning from previous World Cups. A lot of the sound bites coming from Cameron, we're going to hear from Polycon later, is that they've learned from previous World Cup games. But to go to Bayonne today, Freddie, I do know that they had trouble getting a fixture uh, for that third game. I don't think people want to play the one, number one team in the world before World Cup. It's uh, there's a lot of the candidates are on our side of the draw as well. I think we have a reciprocal arrangement in England where we played them at every World Cup, but Wales. I've gone another way so I think it has been quite hard and that's how they ended up with, with that fixture and you get Samoa and Bayonne two weeks before your first World Cup game is, is you know has just disaster written all over it abrasive yeah I know like <laughs> Samoa are a very good team and they're tuning up themselves they're not going to do anything stupid to get themselves sim in like the the Bayonne team all those years ago had yeah. you know that was a shot to nothing for them and they just wanted to soften Ireland up and they, I'm sure you'll have Brian in here to relive it in the next I'm couple of weeks sure we will <laughs> long build up <laughs> uh, last I heard from Wales Warren Gatlin was playing crying music of, of babies to them um, as part zero of dark thirty approach yeah so I, I, who knows where they are they're in a forest lost somewhere they're um, in England on Saturday are they okay <laughs> uh, 42 players will become 33 that is the kind of headline figure. Uh, Paul O'Connell has been talking this week, so we might dive in and get a sense of what he had to say. He was talking about various things. We'll come to maybe the preparation uh, more generally in a moment, because that has been one of these things which has dogged Ireland at successive or, or, or several World Cups, certainly. But he was asked naturally about the Johnny Sexton ban and about what the lack of game time is going to mean for Johnny Sexton ahead of the World Cup. It's a big strength of his because he's had to do it so often where he, he, he is very good at being able to come back from injury and, and hit the ground running. You know, I, I think certainly out half you, you need to be fit, but it's maybe not the work rate position that a, a back three is or, or maybe even some of the forwards is. You can you can come in and, and hit the ground running pretty well and he's been really good at that. Whenever he's come back from injuries, you know, he rarely needs... Uh, a lot of games to get back up and running it's a real strength of his um, he's trained since the start of pre-season pretty much he hasn't missed a training session and as I said the way we've trained a lot of it has been has been rugby you know um, for sure you're missing a bit of the heavier contact part of that uh, week to week you know we've no choice with that we have to manage them and, and, and keep them injury free um, so that'll be the final piece of the jigsaw for him, and I would say coming closer to the to the end of August, there'll probably be a bit of heavier contact put into his work and training at the end of trainings. But um, I think the way we train suits the scenario he's in, and I think it's a strength of his to be able to come back as well, having been out. You know, you meet Johnny uh, on a Monday or Tuesday, and he, you know he can talk about any match that was on TV uh, I don't know how he gets away with it he seems to watch an awful lot of rugby he thinks a lot about rugby so I think that kind of helps him hit the ground running when he comes back so um, you know it, it's certainly I'd say it's a worry for him you know uh, he wants to to finish playing really really well and I'd say he, he'd love to have a few more games under his belt but um it is what it is, and uh, uh, and as I said, it's a silver lining for our squad. Uh, it allows some guys to take ownership, so um, it's not something I'm worried about. Probably a fair summation, Fiona. Not ideal, but equally not a disaster. Not something they're overly 
worried about given it's Sexton, given his track record in this department? Yeah, exactly, Joe. And we've seen him being managed a lot by Leinster over the last couple of years as well. So I think the big thing about this is the way the fixtures are set for these games. So um, I think not playing South Africa or Scotland in the first two games actually is going to help Johnny. It might mean that he will have to play a lot more rugby than planned at the group stages. But I think with that, we might see him in the first game. They might not want him to, to tug out against Romania, but I think we will see him. And with Tonga, they'll probably manage his minutes as well so I think it's 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 worked out well with the way those fixtures have fallen and how they're going to build them into those game time but I think Paul has it spot on as well I mean they're probably doing a lot of uh, level two um tackle tech at training which is it's high intense it's it's everything bar you know the absolute follow through the tackle so it's it's high-end stuff and he's that kind of training get your match fitness up and, and obviously nothing is like going onto a pitch but I'd say they have him training at that high intense level and he'll obviously miss the warm-up games but I would imagine the first game against Romania he'll be good to go and we'll see him get out and and that's kind of will, will shake the cobwebs off because we know exactly what he can do you know he, he's an utmost professional and he'll be um, itching I suppose to get out in that pitch and ready to go when he's called upon Yeah to jog people's memory I know it's all kind of in the, the medium term distance so it's Ireland-Romania on the 9th a week later it's Ireland-Tonga a week after that it is South Africa and then there's a gap week there's a rest week and Scotland final game out for Ireland how do you see it Rory? The Saxon thing or the overall um, oh look I think he wanted to play in the warm ups I I think the plan was to play him because he hasn't played it will be almost six months since he last played a rugby game when he plays against Romania and it means he has to start against Romania and probably feature against Tonga a week later which maybe wasn't part of the plan but then if we go back to the end of the URC season and the the way Munster were you know were battle hardened that kind of came up and they won it maybe it's no harm that he gets into a rhythm in the World Cup and, and, and he's, he has to play week on week and yes he could break down but he could break down either way if you're trying to wrap him in cotton wool so it's certainly not disastrous it's not it's it's not ideal but it's and O'Connell's right about it in terms of like Johnny's probably a bit worried about it because he hasn't played for so long but from if you're going to flip it and we know Andy Farrell loves to look welcome these things and, and calls it adversity and, 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 and kind of relishes that adversity it's a chance to pit Jack Crowley and Ross Byrne against each other over the course of the 240 minutes of rugby before this tournament and also get a look at Kieran Frawley and I have a feeling that they're going to maybe get a lot of game time into Jack Crowley because of the way he finished last season so um that's the bonus is that the, you know Johnny would have probably played a lot of these minutes because he hasn't played them so long well now those minutes are available and you've got um two less experienced out halves who who need games but who can play their way into having big roles at this tournament and if Crowdy's going to have a big role if Sexton does go down at some stage they need to get minutes into his belt at international level to get him comfortable Yeah uh, O'Connell was talking about these warm-up games generally they are strange games to play in I would think and we've seen that David Wallace injury I think is forever burned onto a lot of our minds And but equally you got to go out there and try and play pretty close to 100% but then you can't escape the fact they are warm-up matches so O'Connell here was talking about the temperament uh, needed for these types of pre-World Cup games Trying not to break them in training but trying to prepare them properly as well and you know come the match you can't worry about injuries Uh, you know all these guys want to go to the World Cup in good shape they want to go to the World Cup match fit um, and ready to play so you know you, you have to train 
you have to get ready for the physical aspects of the game and, and you have to play games and, and you have to be physical in those games and will some of the guys uh, fall down over the next few weeks for sure uh, we'll lose one or two but uh, we need to be in a good place heading to the World Cup because it, it's going to be a physical battle. We're lucky in, the, in that we have that little break in the middle of the, uh, at the end, the back end of the uh, of the group stages. So um, that'll be good for us. But all the guys want to be in the best possible shape going to the World Cup, and that isn't just you know being injury free. That's being physically ready to play as well. So it's not something we 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 spend a lot of time on. I think we spend a lot of time, I suppose, managing their load in training, managing the contact in training, but, you know, whether we're heading to a World Cup or whether we're halfway through a Six Nations, we're doing that anyway. It was quite interesting, Rory. Elsewhere, he was just talking about World Cup preparation generally. So he's been there and involved from 03 to 2015. And he was saying in the early days, it was all running. You can... Um, run yourself into the ground it's actually easy to do you don't have to think about anything you don't have to think about the defence in front of you or the attacking shape or the line out call it's mind-numbingly easy to run yourself into the ground that's what it was Uh, he said these days it's more uh, trying to play games with different constraints in them to make it a bit more fun or to make it harder or easier to break down uh, defences or to defend he said that's where uh, most teams have gone you're taking pictures all the time in rugby as a defender you're taking a picture of the attack as an attacker you're taking a picture of the defence and that's what we're able to give these guys across the summer opportunities to build their ability to take pictures and then make the right call on the back of that so that that it, I mean it's amazing the evolution in sport generally but that sounds like a world away from 07 where I feel like the lads were hitting the gym hard and I think 19 they got it wrong as well they were obsessed with, with humidity in 19 and I think in 19 they repeated a lot of the mistakes that they made in 07 and the players looked amazing I remember interviewing Bundy Aki before that tournament and like he just was hewn from you know he was he, he just looked like an Adonis you know and, and he actually went back to Connacht and they were like no you need to you need to put some more back weight back on you know you're you're too lean you need to I can't put it on or, or lose it I, I, I too much muscle mass I think we, we talked to the Connacht SNC coach all the time and he talked about how Bundy was in the wrong condition to play to play rugby so I hadn't heard um, that yeah no it was it, it, it was I think they got that they were obsessed with humidity four years ago and they were training in um, plastic bags and doing all this work and they went to, to Portugal which they're doing again this time but they were they were so obsessed with it I just think that they, they dropped the ball on, on some of their preparation now Jason Cowman the SNC coach is really highly respected and is, is, this is his third World Cup so he's learning all the time from these things as well but it does seem like Farrell just wants the ball in the players hands that he doesn't want that and he, Far, uh, O'Connell said yesterday this, they'll, they'll talk about this as being a hard preseason, but it won't be the hardest preseason they ever done, but they ever did because they don't want them to be flogged by the time they get there. They want them to be fresh, and we saw it against Japan. They just didn't look powerful, you know. They didn't. They look. They look great, but when it actually came to trying to do what your your job is, they, they were losing collisions along the way. So um, there was a lot of echoes of 07 in, in nineteen. Um, I, I found along the way, you know, and you just wonder, as I said earlier, whether they ever learned the mistakes of the previous ones. How far back did they go when they? Because there's so much knowledge there from all those tournaments. So it does sound like they're getting it right. We haven't seen them yet. We'll see them on Saturday, and it sounds like we're going to get a pretty strong team on Saturday as well. I don't think we're going to get weakened teams really throughout these three because there is only three warm-ups to go around um, so I, yeah it does sound like they're, they're going to be trying to refine things rather than you know give a, you know give a lot of opportunities and it's it be an audition I think he knows I think we know 30 of the players that are going it's really one or two spots that are left they're in a really settled strong position so 
why not try and just keep tweaking and keep yes. tweaking because there's not a lot of time to do it yeah Fiona that all sounds very encouraging they're not uh, pumping out personal best in the gym or overly focused on conditioning they're a very fit bunch anyway so maybe in the past we've put such um, importance on the World Cup and put it on such a pedestal maybe there was a feeling that we have to get fitter than ever and, and almost uh, uh, implement a, a different preseason to what they were used to otherwise yeah, look, and I, I suppose it's whatever coaches there as well will have, you know, an idea what they want um, in their preseason. So, look, I like I, I'm involved in Munster at the women uh, at the minute with the ladies and everything, every single thing is almost game based. I think they're learning all the provinces, all the teams, everything. It's all that game based training. It's putting the, the athletes, putting the players out there to make those decisions. And maybe like if there's a certain area when you break out, you'll only look at maybe three, four, five five minute drills that's focusing on that. So I would imagine in those um in those training sessions it's high intense, it's hit, it's really high, but it, it's it's all game based and it's put as as Paul O'Connell said, you're you're putting things out, you're taking things away, which which adds to the pressure of situations. And that'll happen in matches if there's yellow cards, red cards, or if um, you know, if you don't have enough players to play or, or different things happen. So I would imagine it's th- that high intense game based stuff that's going to get them ready for this we know they're they've been training with the provinces all year we know their fit it's tuning that up but also getting them into that Ireland game plan so I listened to that press conference I was listening to it myself I was really excited at what I was hearing I think you know they have learned from those mistakes and we'll see now maybe not so much in, in the warm-up games but I think once those once especially that Scotland South Africa I think they're the huge games of that group mm. once that kicks in I think we'll really see where they're at physically and mentally as well so Rory interestingly you said there you reckon of the 33 spots there are 30 names give or take chalked in yeah uh, tease out for us the three remaining spots and, and what to think yeah is. not having the list of players in front of me <laughs> the back three I think there's a, there's a probably a spot up for grabs there the midfield Stuart McCluskey needs is, is in, a, in, in a bit of trouble I think because can he's a can specialist can I ask by the way just in the back three is Keith Earls in your back three I think he's going to go yeah yeah. yeah. No, I think he's such a value, valued squad member senior man if he's if he's and he's he's and he's also never let Ireland down over the years and while he and I think they, they see him having enough if he gets a run that he'll be able to to, to, to play an important part both on and off the field over there so I do think he'll go and he also covers the centre as well if they, if they need yeah. if they need him to so yeah. it depends on how he's training like we four years ago I would have been here no one saw the Devon Toner thing coming so you know there are there is room for us to be shocked in a, in mm. a couple of weeks but knowing what we know I think you know your likes of Stockdale Nash um one or two other you know I think Jamie Osborne would have to have an incredible series and would have to have trained incredibly to force his way in from an uncapped position Kieran Frawley I think they rate but it's going to be very hard for him to squeeze his way in um, McCluskey's in trouble just because there's already two out inside centres there ahead of him and he doesn't play anywhere else whereas Jimmy O'Brien can cover a range of positions so um, there's probably so there's 42 players in the in the squad. They're going to bring 33. Sexton can't play, so there's nine players who will feature in the next couple of weeks who won't go. And, mm. and uh, the back five of the scrum is the other one. So Gavin Coombs will have to have mm. a massive window to go because he just never really gets a look in when he's playing. You know, Prendergast will be in the same boat. You look at Kieran Treadwell and Joe McCarthy. Probably one of them go. Um, you know, Ryan Baird definitely goes. So he covers two positions. So he, you know, gives you a bit more wriggle room elsewhere. So um, it's quite. When you look at that list of names, 
it, it it's quite easy. Like all the props that are in the squad will go, and all the, the and, and the hookers because, or sorry, Tom Stewart probably won't. Sure, but the, yeah. it's such an established group, and they're all he's only named what he can bring anyway. So there's competition in certain areas, but there's other areas where it's quite straightforward. Okay, what areas are jumping out to you, Fiona? I'm sure you've you've sketched out your 33 man squad a few times. Yeah, it's similar. I was looking, you know, like if if we see Calvin Nash. Um, absolutely lighten it up in in the next if he gets a couple of game time in the next couple of games does he bypass Earls I'd, of course I'd love to see Earls but it, it depends what you're you're looking for we know what Earls he brings to the camp and you know how he's trained he could be training unreal as well we don't know it's just he hasn't had as much game time and Nash has had an excellent season for Munster so it would depend on Farrell there it's the same Treadwell I, I, I don't think he's had his best season for Ulster Joe McCarthy hasn't played loads so it, it will be a shoe up there Baird definitely and I think you're if you're looking at Baird that might come at the cost of Coombs or another back rower because obviously we know he can play both second row and and back row so it, it's trying to see who he fits in there but I think you know I think definitely in the back line it's all kind of we know exactly Blade probably we won't see him unless there's an injury and um, Jamie Osborne I'd love to see him in there but it's it's it depends you know you don't don't know exactly what's going to happen in the next few games. Injuries could dictate who's going and who's not going, but I think it's going to be definitely settled team and he'll go with the all reliables. Hmm. It's amazing now. It feels like a very long time ago since Munster finished the season on a high and Leinster finished on a disappointment. Hmm. And much of the talk around that time was to what extent it might bleed into Ireland camp. And I have to say, I generally on the Leinster front, Munster can't hurt at all. Great. Leinster, I, I did feel well. The evidence of the New Zealand tour the year before would suggest they'll get over it. Albeit another disappointment must be a real kick in the teeth. For me, it feels like a very long time ago now. Where do you suspect it is for the Leinster players? Oh, like it's raw. It's very raw for still, them. But yeah. I still, yeah, we, I mean, we're going in there. We, we didn't really see them for, for a couple of months afterwards and we've been in a couple of times recently. We, we, they have been asked a little bit about it recently and, right. and um, it still hurts them. But like, most of them have, been, have got married since. It seemed like they were a wedding a day ever since. <laughs> but um, the the... I don't. I do think that there is, even though there's a big crossover in players and even playing style. I do think that when they walk into that place and they mm. they come under this management, they do almost shed their blue clothing and, and become. They, they're able to park it and they're able to compartmentalise it. And I do think Farrell. It obviously would be remiss of him not to analyse and his team to analyse that game in great detail and, and to maybe have a chat with some of their senior players. Goes look. Do we need to talk about this? Well, you know, does O'Connell ring up Bogara, you know, a close friend of his, and go come here? Just go take me through exactly how you how you did this, you know, and, and, and learn from it. And because you know, it is the same group of players, but they do does, play. Does O'Gara, O'Gara not say I might be playing Leinster next year? There's not a chance I'm telling you how I did it. <laughs> yeah, but you know, game plans change, and and you know, so you know, blood is thicker than water, isn't it? So, I don't know. Like, I mean, maybe a chance your arm and try it. I, look, I, I do think that they're going to have poured over it and, and looked at what they do, but. That, you know, there's no one like La Rochelle in this tournament. I suppose South Africa are probably the closest thing to them, but like La Rochelle have such a specific, the recruited squad of of strength in every area. It's 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 you can't get that international evidence in some ways. So, uh, you know, I don't think they'll come across. They've, and they've beaten everyone along the way. They've got great comfort in the fact that they've beaten New Zealand. They've beaten South Africa. Mm. I know New Zealand are in form now, but um, I don't see the hangover from Leinster 
creeping into this in the way that 19 was like in 19 they were broken by a series of bad results and some of them were Leinster results but it was really the two defeats to England that that, that hurt them the most and one of them was a warm up game which makes yeah. is, is a kind of a sobering reminder that these these games can matter they, don't, they, they only matter when they do and that game in Twickenham was a disaster but um, I don't see that seeping into this and I think Farrell has, has demonstrated over time an ability to pick those players up to motivate them to turn those things into challenges and, and, and positives um, that we can kind of I think trust that he'll address it if he has to and if he doesn't feel like he has to he'll just turn the page and, and they'll flick the switch and they'll be fine Yeah Fiona I'd be amazed if we're if, if it's an issue at this stage to be honest Yeah look and a lot of the time you know people you know questioned I suppose Leinster's mentality when it came to final was it a mentality thing I think with Ireland they've proven they don't have that issue they were able to win big um, you know, to beat France in the last couple of years, they've they've won big over New Zealand. So I think it's it's completely separate. Obviously, they look at individual things like they might look at the scrum or how it was dominated at times, and and that might seep in because of the front row that's there. But other than that, I think it's completely in the past. Fixing a few issues individually, but how Ireland play, I know it's similar to Leinster side, but it's just it's a different different running lines, different coaching. You know, all those little things can can mean massive things in a big game. And I think Ireland have definitely shown when they get in there, they have a different mentality and are able to win those big finals, those big moments. Uh, Rory, I didn't see the full O'Connell press conference, but uh, did he give any clues as to how they intend to use these three games? Will all of the players get significant minutes or will it be He, he was asked or, that yeah. they're all going to... I was a little bit surprised because it is only three games between yeah. a, a squad of 41 players. Uh, he said everyone... He thinks everyone will get a run, although they haven't informed the players of who they're going to pick each week. And... Um, Farrell has never given cheap caps out. He, he's been, you know he's been quite happy to let some guys train and train and train and, and not give them a cap just because they're there. Which, um, in in some circumstances, and look, the Women's World Cup, it's a point that's been made that some of the players might be getting a bit annoyed because Vera Powell didn't give them a game against uh, Nigeria. But it's never rumbled to the surface. Certainly, in turn no. to Farrell and uh, look, a winning team it always it always but, helps. But Farrell always is a. I don't care about tomorrow. I'm winning today. Yeah, and I think he's going to approach these games like that. But I do think he wants to have a look at at, at some of these players at the same time and, and give them a, give them a chance. But I think to see training as a chance as well. I, I, O'Connell said they will all 41 will play, which I, I I'd say I was surprised by. For example, they put up Craig Casey, um, Jack Conan, and Tyke Byrne yesterday for media. So that's three strong players. I mean, um, one first choice, one guy who's either always in the 23 and then Craig Casey is, is obviously going to be given, given an opportunity either from the start or, or from the bench on mm. uh, on Saturday so that's the kind of idea of the kind of team we're looking at I think it's going to be very strong I think it'll be strong for all three but you might see you know a Nash or an Osborne put in the number 23 jersey or maybe put into the strongest team to see how they get on if they really like what, they, what they're looking at but it's been a very quiet build up like England have been in a lot of press you know Portswick's named a new squad every week it's been really a, a really different build up Ireland have been radio silence almost they only opened yeah. up to the media last week really they launched a jersey a couple weeks before that it's been very hard to get any information out of, out of there it's a very tight camp it's been quiet it's been really quiet so we really have no sense of, of who's going well I think Saturday will be the first real hint we have as because Farrell hasn't even spoken since the Grand Slam game his first press conference is tomorrow so it's been really hard to get, and O'Connell was great yesterday you could hear from his answers he, you know, you could listen to him all day and he did give away an, an awful lot of information so some of those things were there But um, so yeah we will see as, as he says 41 but then if they go badly against Italy and, and some frontliners need more games I think Farrell will just go sorry you're, you're not going anyway I'm going to play the lads who are going and I think he's good at making those messages land without losing the, losing the room and, yeah. and uh, 
yeah I th- and I think even in France I think we will see very strong teams through all of those games because really the Romania game is the chance to get Sexton onto the pitch but it's the only one that's a gimme because Tonga are really good now um, have incredible players who've all played for, for big clubs and big nations you know like you know, Piatau Falau the, the residency laws the new residency laws have really boosted their, their chances and then you're into South Africa Scotland like there's no real room for having uh, you know the playing the second string so some players may not see any game time in France at all you know so it's a it's a it's a delicate enough balance for him to strike um as he goes off because he never has them in for that big big a, 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 a kind of a, a block and he's renowned for having a very happy camp so he yeah. needs to keep those players happy through those weeks and and that's a challenge and do we have any clues um England obviously would jump out of these three warm-up games as the trickiest opposition mm. so will it be "Quote unquote weakened team against Italy, then stronger team England. Because if he goes strong Italy, it's probably strong again against England. And I don't know how all forty players. I think, I think, players it's, I, I, I think you're going kind of two thirds strength against both, and okay. then and then mm. I don't know what you do against Samoa. I think that's pretty informed by what happened in the first two. But okay. I mean, based on the last Six Nations, Italy and England is a bit of a much of a muchness. But you'd expect <laughs> England to be a bit better. But I, I'd expect Italy to be quite good at the weekend as well. I mean, they've been good under Kieran Crowley, and they troubled Ireland probably as much as anyone in the Six Nations. So yeah. it's not a and they've had a game. They played Scotland last weekend, so they they will uh, be a bit more battle hardened. They won't be their first game of the of the window. So. Um, it'll be, I think, you know, it'll be a small crowd. It might be hard for them to get up for it. It's, it's. There's obviously a lot on the line personally. They're very difficult games to understand, to get into the, the, you know, I mean, Fiona can give a player's perspective on what it's like to play in these games, but they're they're unlike any other international. So it's it's a very tricky thing to to, to kind of manage. I think for them. Yeah, I wouldn't think Fiona, you ever shake the don't get injured thought. And I, no. everybody knows if you play like that, you're going to get injured. But I'm I'm sure there's probably certain scenarios you can maybe uh, just pass on when you don't when the life and, and death isn't riding on a certain situation. I I think so. I I remember um, pre our own World Cup, uh, a friend of mine went on. Uh, she she was injured, but she went on. She got back and she needed game time, so she was in good health and she went on. And she went in for a poach. We were playing Wales in the warm up. We were leaving four days later. She went in for a poach and she got cleared out of the rock and the old hamstring ripped off the bone. And I remember looking on, going, "Oh my God!" You know, just before you go to the World Cup, and I was, you know, it's. I, I remember everyone was asking afterwards. Should she have bothered to go into that? But it's just when you get on and you're playing, everything goes out the window. You can have it in the back of your head, but I don't. When it's game time, I really think it doesn't factor into these things. Yes, um, just one more O'Connell clip because I suspect, and I mean, geez, it's been the case for the last however long. But I suspect it'll really ramp up over the coming weeks, given that Sexton is going to be out. That Ross Byrne had a tricky European Cup final, albeit you know his, his pack struggled but Crowley certainly finished the season incredibly strongly so that dynamic is going to be discussed after every game we'll all be curious to see who starts for instance on uh, Saturday coming O'Connell was asked about that silver lining in Sexton's absence that we're going to see a lot of the two backup tens have a listen they haven't been you know informed this is how we're selecting for the for the next four weeks that's for sure um, they're all playing for places but I suppose Johnny's uh, suspension allows those guys own it a little bit you know um, and it get, puts us in a good position um, heading into the World Cup because those guys get to accumulate a bit more experience not just of playing on the big day but of owning it and running the week and, and driving some of the detail as well so um, Johnny's suspension is unfortunate for us but uh, there's a there's a real good silver lining there for us in it as well you know we've trained 
you know, one team against another. And, and it's something we, we do during the Six Nations as well, that by the time we get to Friday, we, we hope we have two teams that are generally ready to play, uh, that know our plays, that know our strategy, that could f- jump in and out. And, and on the back of that, when we have picked up injuries in, in captain's runs and, and warm-ups, we've been in a pretty good place. And that's the way it's been uh, throughout the preseason as well. So, uh, you know, whoever gets a go, it certainly won't be an experiment. You know, we won't be crossing our fingers or we won't be uh, seeing how they go. We've a, we've a pretty good idea how guys are going to go anyway. So, um, and that's down to the way we, we've been preparing and training. Where are we on this front, Fiona? Yeah, look, I I, I think I think for the first game, he might we might see Crowley against Italy. Um, I, I could be wrong. He knows exactly what Ross Byrne can can give. He knows what type of player he is. He knows he's he's an exceptional kicker at times. So I think we might see Crowley for that first game. Depending on his performance, it will go on from there. Then I would imagine he. I I really feel like he'll be given a shot to to prove. As I said, we know what Ross can do. We've seen it. He's come up in big moments for Ireland, and he has the ability to do that coming onto pitch and take control. But I think Crowley has that little bit more X factor and I think we'll see him get a chance in the first game Mm. Any other clues in the press conference on that front? No but my sense would be to agree with Fiona like I could be proven wrong very quickly because the team is coming out soon or it's coming out tomorrow but I am like Farrell they all really rate Jack Crowley before last year's Six Nations the word was that they loved the way he came in and he he he's got a presence. He, he comes into meetings. He's very well prepared. He's he's very well, forthright. He's able to to command the room, and and he's he, he, that it's probably he has what Carberry was missing. I think in that ten general sense, and I think they really like about it, like that about him. And the worry would be that that he just has, doesn't have the games under his belt because you know the, the plan was always to have Joey Carberry here until November last year, and then they just lost faith in Joey Carberry, and they've. Would have been Kieran Frawley, only he was injured, and Crowley ended up there. They were happy with how he went. Byrne comes on, kicks that goal, and suddenly Byrne catapults himself ahead. And Byrne hasn't let them down either. But I see, I do see the sense in maybe starting Crowley here, bringing Byrne off the bench, starting Byrne against uh, England, getting him 60, 70 minutes against England, and then wrapping him in cotton wool, and then playing Crowley against Samoa. And you get learn a lot about Crowley, you give him two weeks in the jersey running training all that sort of stuff mm. and you know then whether he's ready or not now looks not ideal he's only going to have five six caps going to the World Cup and you're potentially asking him to run big games if Sexton goes down but they the way he finished last season like Farrell loves that stuff like mm. Farrell will, will really admire the way he went and won that, that, that like he played such a pivotal role and the way he played in South Africa and he does for all that Byrne does a lot of things very very well Crowley has a little bit more pace he challenges the line a bit better he he has a little bit more X factor and he dropped the goal and, and Byrne didn't and like well that's a very simple re- analysis those things you know big moments that these things matter and I think that will be in the back of Farrell's mind as he picks these teams the next couple of week yeah uh, just the last one to you both it seems we mentioned the run of fixtures Romania, Tonga South Africa, Scotland the gap week between uh, is it? It's between South Africa and Scotland. There's a week in between. There's a gap in between. Yeah, there's, okay. Sorry, there's two weeks in between. Okay, two weeks in between. Would you change much about that leading Fiona? Is that is that a kind run of fixtures or no? 
Yeah, I think it's it, it it's perfect. I I obviously I think getting South Af- not having South Africa on the last game as well. I not that that Scotland aren't physical, but South Africa are usually physical. You'll get the two weeks off in in between roll into Scotland and hopefully on to a quarter final. I think the the run of games has has actually although it is the group of death, the the run of games has worked out perfectly for Ireland. Um, the uh, Rory is right. I think Tonga will be a tricky one. Um. They, they played Japan at the weekend. They came, they came close enough. They're playing Samoa this weekend. They have a couple of real X-Factor players. So with the Romanian game first, it's more about, you know, balancing out that squad and seeing who needs game time, but also trying to protect people for those two huge games at the end. So mm. it'll be tricky in that sense. But I think the run of fixtures and the way it's gone is actually perfect for this Irish squad. Yeah, there is a, an easing, easing your way in quality. Yes, I do think that if you lose, it all hinges on South Africa because if you beat South Africa, then you've got two weeks to place again. You place sorry if you if you win the three games because Tonga is a banana skin. I think they could maybe take one of these three teams down. I don't know which one it's going to be. Yeah, Scotland are probably the most vulnerable of the three, but if you lose to South Africa and you are basically in the last sixteen game against Scotland, a straight shootout probably for for a place in the last eight. And that's two weeks of inordinate pressure for the players to be under going into this at the end of a World Cup cycle where they're world number one. You beat South Africa, suddenly you you can rotate against Scotland, you can rest Johnny and have him fresh for a quarter final because you know you're there. Mm. So it all hinges on South Africa. I, I could, during the cycle, it's been suggested that you rest players against South Africa. Yeah, Absolutely I not. Yeah, no, you, go full bore against South Africa yeah. and then you potentially earn the right to, to rest players against oh, Scotland. Oh, you've convinced me. I sort of said that from afar without looking at those um, permutations, but suddenly, yeah. Well, that's the closer it gets, I mean, like, there was logic weeks, in it. There is yeah. logic in it, but if you put all your eggs in the Scotland basket, I mean, that's... Pressure. It's it's pressure. It's mm. a, Look, you should beat Scotland. Ireland are a better team than Scotland, but Scotland cause Ireland lots of problems in that Six Nations games. Mm. They always do. Ireland generally win those games, but it's never that straightforward against them. Um, and like you've got two former, well, one former Ireland 20 player playing for Scotland. You've got a former Ireland national playing for South Africa. Yeah. The two of them could come back and haunt us over the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so I, I hear you. Take care of your business early. Beat South Africa. I look forward to the YouTube comments from our South African friends. Uh, beat South <laughs> Africa. And then you've got two weeks where you can really enjoy the World Cup and potentially rest some frontliners for Scotland because well, you're playing New Zealand or France it doesn't really yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. there's no there's no you're not picking your quarter final it doesn't really matter which one we go I still think it's probably New Zealand's preferable to France even though they're in form but um it's not really I think there is the, the only benefit is one of the quarterfinals is a fr- Saturday and the next one's a Sunday so the turnarounds into a semi-final as we look beyond the quarterfinals <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I think t- I think topping the pool is beneficial okay uh, that's what I'm trying to say but but uh yeah it just gives you a bit of wiggle room I just you don't I don't want you don't want Ireland going into that two-week Scotland build-up yeah. with needing to win because that's really hard. It does change the bungee jumping trips and the R and R. And well, they are. I think they're taking a couple of days off. Oh, after and disappearing. So. Yeah, so you want to enjoy that fresh yeah. from big win, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Well, I look forward to overanalyzing the next few weeks with you both, <laughs> um, Fiona. Here for. Thank you very much, Fiona. Cheers. Cheers, guys. Thanks a bit. Thank you, Rory O'Connor of the Irish Independent. Thank you very much. Cheers, Fiona. And our rugby coverage is, as ever, with thanks to Vodafone, Ireland's most reliable mobile network and proud sponsor of the Irish rugby team. Wednesday Night Rugby on Off The Ball with Vodafone, Ireland's most reliable mobile network and proud sponsor of the Irish rugby team.